Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, it's Raheel. From Super Bowls and Final Fours to the World Cup and even the college football championship game, our city is now a destination for major sporting events. So how did our city become a hub for these huge events? The Harris County Houston Sports Authority CEO Janice Burke joins me to explain how this government agency saved pro teams from leaving the city and how we keep landing major events. It's April 26th. I'm Raheel Ramzanali, and here's what Houston is talking about. Janice, welcome into CityCast Houston. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you because a lot of listeners don't know about what you do at the Sports Authority. That's what we call it for short, but in full, it's the Harris County Houston Sports Authority. So what exactly happens at the Sports Authority? I know a lot of people going back 25 years think that we just built the stadiums and we oversee the bond debt service and they don't realize that we're actually out hustling uh, sports business for Houston. So what goes into that? Yeah, like the the stadiums, the events, there's so much that you do. So um, many times we're working for a year, two years, depending on how big of an event it is, on all the logistical things, um, the budget. Can we make this work? Can the time of year work? Do we have the space? There's a lot of contractual things. And so it is sometimes a dogfight, believe it or not, in the background because Think about it, all these major events, Final Fours, college football playoffs, World Cup, any city that can host them wants to host them. And so they are putting their best foot forward. How long ago was the Sports Authority formed? So in 1997 is really when we um, were birthed into existence. And it was right after the Houston Oilers had left town to become uh, the Tennessee Titans. And at that point in time, we had other teams, professional sports teams, the Astros, the Rockets saying, hey, we're going to leave town as well because we have cities that are courting us that are willing to build a new building. And I think that's the point where the elected officials said, okay, we can't be the fourth largest city and the third largest county in the country and lose all of our professional sports teams. And they went to the legislation. Uh, We were formed through uh, state legislation that allows us to collect taxes. And from there, we got these buildings built, which are wonderful um, venues and still state of the art after all these years. And that's really what started where we were able to put ourselves on the map as this great sports town. Wow. I had no idea it was formed because of the Oilers leaving. So from that moment on, we've had the... Toyota Center, Minute Maid Park, NRG Stadium, and the complex that's around it. All of that came from the Oilers leaving? They were playing in the Astrodome, and so they were shared, right? And so all these professional sports teams were saying, look, the trend now is to have venues that are specific for baseball or for uh, basketball. And we have other cities that are willing to build it for us. Houston, if you're not, we are going to have to leave and take a look at that. And that's ultimately what happened, right, with the Tennessee Titans. And so I believe at that point in time, I wasn't around, but it's a really sound structure. Mm -hmm. What city do you know of? 
that has built three major stadiums within a couple year period, except for Houston. So I think that if you look at the history, we were birthed out of a sort of tumultuous time in Houston, but it's really been great for Houston. Now, when we look at it, the last 20 years, we go, wow, there's been multiple Super Bowls, multiple Final Fours in back-to-back years. Uh, we've had regionals. We've had so many other events, so many huge soccer events as well. And now we can look at it and say, whoa, when did we become a destination for all of these major sporting events? Well, I think success plays off of itself. And so as you start out and you host these big mega events and they're very successful, it tells the rest of the world in any sport, oh, we should look at Houston. And we're this wonderfully diverse city as well. So whether it's cricket or weightlifting or table tennis, we our fans show up. We sold 30,000 tickets to table tennis when we held the world championships here that had never been in the United States before. And that's because we have a great uh, Asian and Indian market that loves that sport. The 2003 Super Bowl was a moment for me, right? I was in college. I was just getting started. I'm like, I really want to work here in the city of Houston covering sports. And that was the moment where it kind of put us on the map that, okay, whoa, Houston just hosted a Super Bowl. I know you joined in 2006, but at the time, I remember every critic saying that was a flop of a Super Bowl. You know, the game was excellent, but the actual week was bad. The weather was bad. I think a lot of media members were complaining about how spread out everything was. Was there a moment after 2003 where it was kind of up in the air that Houston would become this hub? Yes, and I think if you look back, when you build a new stadium, it's kind of an unspoken rule that you're going to get at least one Super Bowl. And I heard the same thing. I came in 2006, so it was about 18 months after we had hosted Super Bowl. And although the the event itself was good and the game was good, and, and I think the NFL will tell you they made a lot of money here in Houston, I don't believe that they felt like it was a great fan experience. Now, look back at that time, even if you look at the pictures, there wasn't two convention center hotels attached to the convention center. You didn't have Discovery Green Park. You didn't have this all these restaurants and this great footprint um, that builds an epicenter of where visitors can kind of gather and then go out to the game on game day. And so we've really worked hard as a city of putting this wonderful footprint together. And it works for world championships. It works for Super Bowls. It works for Final Fours. Once people get to town, it's pretty walkable downtown where all of the fan experiences are taking place. So was there one event after that Super Bowl and after you took over that changed the perception of Houston and made it one of the destinations to host big events? I think it's been a slow put one foot forward and then the next step and the next step. And so you start out small um, and you work your way up. So Junior Olympics or doing a national weightlifting championships before you go out and bid for a world. Um, I think it's it's a combination of proving yourself, building a fantastic volunteer database, which we have. We have 30,000 people that have been through training that love to uh, join our efforts when we have these big events here in Houston. There's not a lot of cities that have that kind of database um, built up. And so it's a lot of different things. And I think sometimes people say, wow, it hit all of a sudden. Where for us behind the scenes, we're working so many years in advance. I'm already working on 2029 and 2031 when we have the women's rugby and the um, 
the men's World Cup rugby to make sure that Houston is one of those rugby match stops and, and that we can be a host city. And so we're working many years in advance. So I think to the common person, it looks like it happened all of a sudden, but really it's been a lot of effort and a lot of strategy behind the scenes. Now, I know Houstonians always complain about traffic and during major events, it's just like, oh, no, the all-star game is here. So please don't go to downtown or avoid the Galleria and the traffic's going to be so bad. Now, all the haters aside and all the complaining aside, these events are so important for the city. What has the economic impact been like? Yeah, millions of dollars, right, are deposited into your city that can be used for things like filling potholes or, um, you know, more police on the streets for safety reasons. When people come and deposit that kind of money into your city, everybody wins. So it's not just the tourism industry like hotels and restaurants and uh, taxi cabs and, you know, the airlines that feed off of it. It's all the money that spills over because those tax dollars are filling up um, uh, uh, lots of different areas for, for budget reasons for our city and our county. And so I always like to say, look, uh, yes, there's going to be more traffic or you might have, you know, a little bit um, of trouble getting your hands on a ticket. Um, think about it. When you host a Super Bowl or a Final Four and there's only 70,000 some people that are going to get their hands on tickets and we have millions of uh, citizens, how do we as a sports authority connect with our community? And that's why you see these free events and you see... Um, businesses, we have a real uh, passion for making sure some of our small businesses and diverse businesses get a chance to help do the signage or help provide catering, whatever it is, because we want our community to feel that halo effect, not just the people that have a ticket to the event. What makes Houston so perfect for holding these events? I love our venues. Of course, I'm a little biased, but I think our our Sports Authority Board has done a great job of helping to ensure that the buildings um, stay state of the art. And then I love our people. Our people are passionate. They show up. Um, again, it doesn't matter what type of event it is. Because of our diversity, we always have great attendance. And we many times break attendance records here. Uh, there's also the charity component. Um, we're a very charitable or uh, city. We are very philanthropic compared to the other communities that I've lived in. And I think that part um, rings loud and clear. We always attach some sort of cause with every event that we do. With all that great stuff being said, where does Houston fall short? Um, I don't know that we fall short. I think there's we're always trying to improve and do better. And it doesn't matter how many times we host a Final Four, we want to do better. So in 2016, we came up with this idea in partnership with the NCAA to do a read to the Final Four to help third graders who any study will show that if you reach third grade and you're not at a reading grade level, you're going to um, really suffer and really struggle your entire student career. So we worked with HISD and said, how can we get these kids engaged? What if we do a read to the final four, like when the brackets open up and everybody logs their minutes and get them excited and the more minutes they log, maybe they can win prizes and win a chance. Um, the final four schools can come uh, to that uh, Reese's practice Friday at the stadium. And maybe a lot of these kids, we can pay to bust them in. And um, they maybe have never been to the stadium because their family can't afford it. And so we started this whole program. <clears throat> that was in 2016, fast forward to 2023. This year, because the NCAA 
loved it so much, they required every city, every future host city to do a read to the final four. And it just got bigger and bigger as each city wanted to outdo the city before it. And this year we had 11 school districts, thousands of kids. They logged over 60 million minutes. So through wow. sports, it's a literacy program that got kids jazzed and excited about learning to read. And they all won bikes. And I mean, we just took it one step farther. But Every year that we do it, we want to do better than the year before, and we want to leave our Houston fingerprint on it. Wow, that's incredible. That is so, that's so cool and such a, a long-term impact that goes beyond just the games, right, and goes beyond the Final Four. So that's, that's beautiful to hear. Can you name all of the events that have come through here during your tenure as CEO? I guess if I sat down and really thought about it and started to write, because I, I live my years by events. So I'll always go, oh, in 2014, we had the transplant games. I didn't even know what the transplant games were, but the world's largest medical center right here in Houston came to me and said, hey, this is important. Will you bid for it? And it's anyone who's had kidney, lung, heart transplant. Our state, one of the largest states in the United States, um, was second to last as far as the donor registry. Yet we have this great medical center and great um, opportunity, right, to save lives. And here we were sitting second to last. There's lots of reasons for it, but we put right in the bid. If you award this to Houston, we will use this sporting event as a platform and we promise that we will increase the donor registry. I haven't looked at it in a while, but the last I looked at it, we were over 14 million. So we went from 2 million to over 14 million. That's really saving lives. So it's much bigger, right, than just a sporting event. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What goes in a bid? Is it the city saying, hey, we guarantee X amount of rooms, X amount of dollars, X amount of coverage, venue provided? What goes in a bid? All different kinds of things. So, for instance, World Cup. It's a really tough bid because everyone in the world wants to host it. And so there are things like Energy Stadium. Energy paid millions of dollars to put their name on that stadium. And during World Cup, it doesn't get called Energy Stadium. It's called World Cup Stadium. And so FIFA requires that. Well, you have to go behind the scenes and to Energy's credit, they love soccer. They love our city. Um, they worked that out with us. But that's just one little thing on, on a bid. Um, you have to work through hotel rates. You have to work through how are you going to go grass? In our city, we have the rodeo. So our city is the latest to plant grass out of all the NFL stadiums that will be hosting World Cup. And they want to make sure the pitch is so important. How is that grass going to root? How are you going to get it done in time so that it plays the same as all the other stadiums when you can't even put the grass field down until after rodeo? So those are all things we had to get all kinds of people in agriculture involved to make sure that we can do what we promise and to make sure that we have a good plan in place. So those are just some examples. Sometimes, you know, one day I was sitting here at my desk and the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee called and said, Janice, table tennis has never been in the United States. We'd love for you to host it. We think Houston could win the bid. 
And our strategy there was to look at who's voting. Well, every country has a vote. We were up against Africa. So there was a country in Africa that is going to win a lot of votes. So we said, all right, what if we did something that's never been done before? Let's call China and let's do a reception together. It's China's largest sport. If you go to China, it's like walking into Toyota Center, right? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, 20,000 screaming fans over a table tennis uh, match. And so um, we did a reception the night before the vote. And we had Yao Ming endorse both of us. And China went after uh, 2022. We went after 2021. Uh, so we were on the front end of ping pong diplomacy. They were on the back end. We called Richard Nixon's grandson. I've never met him. I just called him out of the blue um, and said, would you get on a plane and fly with us? Because this happened, ping pong diplomacy happened under your grandfather. And it's a 50-year anniversary if they choose Houston. He said, yes, I'm there. So different kinds of strategy depending on what we're doing. In that case, we had to tell the rest of the world, even though it's never been in the U.S. and you might not know who Houston, Texas is for table tennis, you can trust us because look at the endorsement we're getting from China, from Yao Ming, from the grandson of uh, President Nixon. So it's a different strategy every time, um, depending on what the event is. That's so cool. Is there one event that you want to bring here that you haven't been able to bring yet? No, I think that every event that we look at has a different reason of why we're going after it. It might be important to the USOPC or it might be important to our community or it saves lives. So um, I don't think there's anything out there that I'm saying, oh, wow, I wish we could bring it. Um, there's just always new events, always things that we want to look at that we think are going to benefit our community. And that's really um, the bottom line, that it's not just about the people buying a ticket to that particular match or that particular game. Perfectly said. Janice, thank you so much for joining us. That was a lot of fun to learn about the history of not only the stadiums being built, but all these major events coming through. And it's so amazing to see what we've accomplished and what we're about to accomplish. Thank you again for joining us on CityCast. Thank you for having me. That was Janice Burke, CEO of the Harris County Houston Sports Authority. You can learn more about them by clicking on the link in our show notes. The Houston landscaping community is about to get a big economic boost with 150 new jobs at the Houston Arboretum. Only thing is that the 150 new workers are goats. Yes, literally goats. The 150 goats will be eating through overgrown grass and invasive species of plants starting early May and they'll be working for about 10 days. The best part? You can go look at these skilled workers on the job by stopping by at the Houston Arboretum. That's all for today. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen and share this episode with friends to help us grow the show. Thank you for listening. I'm Raheel Ramznali, and I hope you learned something new. With 150 new jobs at the Houston Arborit Arboretum. 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 I hate saying that word. I don't know why.